And I feel like the difference there is like, do they care about you? Have they taken the time to be kind to you, to offer you kindness in moments when they didn't have to? What's going on, Refill Team Fairchild? As you guys know, the whole point of this podcast is just to help bring our community together. I've broken it down into simple things. We're just going to hack it out. We'll talk about humor and humility, accountability, connectiveness, and also kindness, and what other strings for our bows our guests have to bring to the table, because that's how we make that beautiful music. So let's go ahead and get this episode started. So I just wanted to preface the next five episodes we're about to listen to. Uh, You're going to hear my individual or personal leadership philosophies. Uh, They're broken down into about five different traits. You'll hear me joke about North America's hacks for anyone that forgets my name when you put my last name in front of me. First name actually spells North America, so that's how I get that fun part. And then um, I shared, I think, in the first podcast, but we're just breaking down humor, humility, accountability, connectedness, and kindness. And some of those words kind of do overlap, and you'll notice that I may have left out some keywords that we usually hear around the Air Force, but I tend to stray from what we usually choose to highlight, if you will. Always looking for more ideas, if you guys have any out there in the listening world. It can be your leadership traits, or maybe you'd like to have someone on the show that you really value. Whatever it is, just let me know. Other than that, we'll go ahead and get started. Okay, Team Fairchild, we're on episode five of five today, and today I have Tech Sergeant Nicole Egloff, who is going to be a math sergeant pretty soon, and then I have Math Sergeant Tania Johnson with me. How are you guys doing today? Good. Great. Good. Yeah, it's good. Thanks for having us. Yeah. So I have you guys here for kindness, but before we get started, if you guys just want to go ahead and introduce yourselves a little bit, who you are, where you're from, uh, where you've been. Don't all jump at once. All right. <laughs> all right. So as she said, I'm Master Sergeant Tania Johnson. I grew up in Indianapolis, Indiana, and I am not really a Colts fan, but <laughs> I get asked that a lot. Don't tell um, certain credit that. I know. That's why I did. he's the main one that asks. Like, what? But um, I am married to my husband for seven years now, and we have a son who is two and a half. And actually today, he's two and a half on the 21st. And I have six sisters by myself. I do not have any brothers. So growing up in my household was very interesting. I was bound to have a girl, but we had a boy, which is very nice and different change of pace. But I have no idea how to do or raise a boy. So it's kind of fun and interesting. For my bases, I've been to, I started off in Little Rock Air Force Base, which was my first base. I'm from the city, so I didn't know anything about Little Rock. (laughs) I didn't like it at first either. But that's where I met my husband and I would love to go back. After that, I went to Korea. Kunsan Air Base, and then from there went to California, Vandenberg Air Force Base, California, oh, wow. where I worked at the Numbered Air Force, 14th Air Force, which no longer exists. It is oh. now in Space Force, some kind of oh, space space, okay. but it's not like the NAF anymore. And now I did not think I would be in the Air Force as long to say that it doesn't exist anymore. But it's not the base is closed, it's just restructuring, rearrangement. And then from Vandenberg, I went to Japan, Masawa, Japan, for three and a half years, and now I'm here at Team Fairchild. And excited to be here. Um, the snow is uh, fun, but it's it's nice to look at, but not to be in. You said fun. <laughs> like a cushion? <laughs> yes. It's like, it's pretty. 
You but should be used to it from a sour. I am yeah. very used okay. to it from a sour, but that doesn't mean I like it. Fair enough. <laughs> it's just... I'm from Alaska, so I totally understand that statement. I am Sergeant uh, Nicole Egloff. I've been in the Air Force now for about nine years. I actually just hit my nine year, or am hitting it. Like this what month? Next awesome. month? I don't know. Okay. Soon. Um, yeah, so I spent my first four years at Dias, drawn to a few different units while I was there. I'm an admin by trade, so we PCA, PCA um, more commonly True. than PCS. So I worked at a few different units up there, and then I moved over to, switched gears a little bit, and I went and did um, a special duty at a ROTC detachment in Los Angeles. So I was there for four years, and then we came here on a BOP. I'm from Washington, not the side of the state. I'm from Vancouver. I thought it was like the same on both sides no. and I was unaware. <laughs> so it's been a little bit of an adjustment. I feel like it's it's close enough to home that it feels homey, but it's definitely very different. It feels like living in a different state. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was happy to come back closer to home. I've got a little, two little ones. I got a three-year-old and a five-year-old. That's most mostly why I wanted to come home uh, so we could be a little closer to family for some help. We needed some babysitters. Uh, so now we've got them. Yeah. But um, my husband is also, he's also in the Air Force. Um, we work in the same the same career field. So that's been really interesting. Happy to be here too. Would you say that Fairchild's closer to Dias or Seattle? I would say it's probably closer to Dias. <laughs> yeah, I would say it's closer. Probably weren't expecting when you PCS'd up Yeah, here. I was like, oh, this is actually very similar. It's it's bigger, though. I'm, I feel like there's enough here. Sure. Depending on what you like, I think there's a little bit for everybody here. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. It's, Unless you hate the weather, then it's just you're kind of at a loss there. But It's either really snowy for part of the year or really hot, and then we're worried yeah. about forest fires. Yeah. I don't even know if they're forest fires sometimes because there's no forest around. <laughs> yeah. Which is dry brush fires. <laughs> yeah. I live near the fields over just by grass. Geiger. Yeah. And there's no, yeah, it's just grass and fields. Field fires? In fact, I'm pretty sure that's why we had to evacuate as the farmer was trying to do a safe burn. Oh. But something hit wrong and all of a sudden... Sparks. 200 of us were all evacuating our houses at the very beginning of the year. Wow. Or the beginning of the summer cycle i think it was right after the fourth of july yeah i remember this year we were out of town yeah that was a little rough do you live over in fake genie oh no we live so we live um kind of like in north spokane oh so yeah we were never really anywhere near anything that's that's very fortunate when we were driving back i was like are we gonna be able to get through because i think there's like some fires on the way in oh yeah they were super far south (laughs) from the highway so i brought you both in for kindness and i I hope you feel like you emulate some of those traits. I know it's hard. I did a humility a humility episode, and I know sometimes it's hard for other people. Even when you feel like maybe you emulate some traits, it's still a little awkward when people tell you, I'm choosing you for this. And a lot of them are, I'm so humbled. It's like, oh, good, humility. So that works really well. But kindness is really big, and I think it's something that Air Force has kind of gotten back to. I mean, I know we always hear gentler, kinder Air Force, but to an extent, I think we had to change our dynamic and just the generations that we're working with, not to say that they have to be, air quotes, babied or anything, but we just have to talk to people Mm -hmm. differently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's how our parents raised us and now how we're raising our kids and we're doing it differently than how our grandparents raised our parents. 
since I've been here, I think we all got here kind of, kind of around. You got here a little bit later, Sergeant Johnson, I think. I got here in end of 2019. Okay. Got here I got here this year. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning yeah, start of 2020. And then you got here at the beginning of 2020? Mm-hmm. Okay, because I remember you came through Superintendent 101 mm-hmm. back when superintendents were a thing. And then you got oh, to right. sing at Senior Master Sergeant Godbold's oh, retirement. Yes. And then yes. you started going to top three, so that's how I started interacting with you. And then you're the CSC... Admin. Admin. <laughs> yep. So you've been working with you and Miss Altmeyer a lot, so I thought it was really cool to kind of both have you guys here. Um, yeah, I don't know... How to go? And I, really I can appreciate that, Erica, because I really feel like you emulate kindness, especially with our interactions. And you know, I tell you all the time because it's like you don't meet very many kind people who are genuinely kind. And for you, you've reached out, even though I got here in January and didn't really start getting really familiar with the base until after the ceremony. It's like you've been reaching out, you've been checking on me, you've uh, just offer to come around and just watching you as a career assistance advisor flexing your schedule to go out and to meet every airman where they are going out to visit the different sites I don't know who was before you because I got here this year but I can say that just watching you um, and your personality you definitely are a kind person and I really appreciate you for just having us here and just even seeing something that you have in yourself and seeing it in me is very humbling (laughs) but I really appreciate that because it is something that I strive to do and to be kind to people because of the quotes I mean you know that quote that says that be kind to people because everybody's fighting a hard battle you never know what anybody is going through and so for you to just be kind and nice to somebody can go a long way and I know Nicole can talk to it because she's the resiliency trainer (laughs) Um, but just one little thing can impact somebody's life in a huge way and kindness just being kind to somebody will save them from just going over the edge or just feeling like they today is just the worst day of my life and then you're kind to them they're like oh there's one person that actually cares or there's I still have hope and so I really appreciate you and this I think it's really important I think kindness is super important I think it's like the easiest place to start with somebody. Sure. Especially you might have experiences like coming up in like legal, but as like an admin, I've always been in a position where I've been like the lowest ranking person in the office mm-hmm. who had like no real authority, no power. And I'm asking people to do things for me. And I used to, when I was an airman, I used to kind of try to approach it and be like real tough about it. And it's like, you know, people would be looking at me like, who are you to be talking to me like this? And I realized that like the easiest way to approach something is just to be really, really kind about it. Um, you know, to show where you're willing to be flexible, that you're trying to work with them and all of the ways that you can assist while also like on the other hand, like having that boundary of like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to help you. This is kind of the boundary. This is where, you know, we have to, I have to kind of draw a line here, but, um, I've always found that like, if you just lead with kindness, that I never have to get to that point with being like, okay, we've crossed boundaries now. I've been worried about it throughout my career so much that I think I was actually surprised that you like asked me to come do this one because kindness is very important to me, but I feel like I have a hard time with it sometimes with like setting boundaries and maybe not being as kind as I would like to be. Because I've been told through through my career as like as a person who's always the like lowest ranking person in the office that you know if you're too nice people will walk all over you or they take advantage of you, and um, I kind of took that to heart and kind of adjusted my behavior to be a little less kind. 
And I, I just, as I've gotten older, I've learned like, it's just not the way, like I look back at those times and I'm not super proud of the way I behaved. And I would rather just lead with kindness and um, be better about setting boundaries. And I really can honestly only think of like a few times throughout my career where someone's ever tried to even take advantage of me because I'm kind. So I think it's more of a concern than it is in reality. I think people appreciate being approached with kindness and you kind of get what you want, what you need out of situations a little bit faster when you're kind anyways. So it's, I think it, it's more beneficial than a lot of people like to think that it is to just lead with kindness. Sure. And I mean, it's, it's hard sometimes too, right? We're in the military and when we hear military, we don't think happy things all the time necessarily, or that it can be, but kindness to tie it in with a more military friendly word, mutual respect. Mm -hmm. So if I know my boundaries with you and I know my boundaries with you and I know what we can talk about and when we can joke and when we have to be serious, kind of the humor, we're going to have a better relationship. And if we can respect each other and we can be polite to each other, I think it goes a long way. It's so, it's so easy to be in a bad mood. Um, I, I pride myself on trying to get to those people that you can tell oh, you hear about them ahead of time. Like so-and-so, yeah, they're just a grouch or, you know, don't waste your time. They're not gonna like you. One of my proudest moments is one of my members over in AMXS and he'll probably know who he is. And most people will probably know who he is. Even if I don't go into too much more detail about this, this young man, but he's known for just being very stoic no emotion. If you engage with him, he'll give you the yes, no answer or whatever you need. And he's back and doing whatever he's doing. Well, all it takes sometimes is just to get to know someone. You know, when I ask you, how are you? I genuinely mean it. Mm -hmm. When I ask you about your day or your family, I mean it. When I can remember, Hey, you know, I know you have a little boy. I know you have two kiddos and I ask you about them. I'm trying to remember these things because I know they're important to you and therefore if it's important to you, it's important to me because I want to keep that relationship going. But this dude over here, uh, we finally got on the same page and he wants to be a pilot. And so it's like, how come you don't interact with anybody else? Or whenever I see you never interact with anybody else like this because no one has ever asked me about me really. It's like, that's all it takes sometimes. And Mm -hmm. now I have this rapport with him and it's awesome. I don't think she'll ever listen to this, but we all know the lady that owns the alterations. She's just going about her day. It's a thankless job for the Mm -hmm. most part, I'm pretty sure. So her interactions are very curt and very short. I have gotten to the point where she remembers who I am. And thank you, Mom and Dad, again, because it's primarily because of my name, North America. I remember (laughs) I I went there a couple months later after I was getting some more stuff done. And she's like writing my last name down. I was about to learn my first name. She's like, it's Erica, right? I was like, oh, wow, how'd you remember that? (laughs) It's like, because you told me it's spelled North America. It's like, oh, wow, that was months ago, and you remember that. So now our interactions, I'm going to go over there later on just to say hello to her probably and just see how she's doing because she's been working on her AA. She had a kid when she was younger, and she wasn't able to finish her education, and now she's catching up and going to school. So that's why sometimes you wouldn't see her, it would be closed, just because she's got a life that she's trying to take care of, and sometimes she can't get to work, and I know it angers a lot of people. 
but knowing that human mm-hmm. element. Oh, she's got a family. Right. She's trying to go to school. She owns the alterations. Did you guys know wow, that? No. Like she actually owns the alterations. I learned that from the other lady that goes and helps her sometimes. So just taking the time to get to know people, I think, mm-hmm. is so important. And I think you guys both do that. I know sometimes it's harder in our line of work. My job is pretty much all about that. Sometimes, Tania, your job is the the, the, <laughs> the law, the lay, the lay of the land, the law. You have to kind of be more strict. And I know with your job as well, Nicole, sometimes you do have to manage how you interact with people because you do support the whole base too. You both support the whole base, but depending on what we're asking you, things can be taken advantage of. Can you guys think of a time where maybe you wish you would have reacted differently or maybe just a time where, and it's not to sound, what's the opposite of modest? Because I know sometimes talking about ourselves can be kind of... Mm -hmm. The opposite of modest, proud, there we go. But can you guys think of any of those moments where maybe you taking the time to interact with someone made their day better? Or maybe even where someone did that to you and it made your day better? I can just speak for like just being here most recently. We had um, someone who just didn't have a good experience being a paralegal. Um, And prior to, she just didn't like being a paralegal it's not I mean and you know so some jobs are not for everyone and she just didn't like it she was ready to get out of the military she wanted to do something different which is perfectly fine I am of the mindset that I support you in whatever you want to do yeah I don't want to keep you around as a paralegal if you don't want to be a paralegal if there's something else that you want to go to I want to help you get there because I care about you as a person and your goals and your successes. And so I want to help you get there. I don't want to just keep you around. But when I got here into the office, she just was having it bad. She just didn't want to be a paralegal anymore. Um, And just really just in a negative mind space, just I'm ready to get out. I don't want to be here. I want to cross train. I just, it was like, you don't like the environment just because you don't like your job. Um, And it's basically because of the people yeah. who she was around in her previous jobs. And I will say legal is hard. It's not, I mean, I know a lot of jobs out there are difficult. It's like, but for legal, it's like you almost have to be perfect and you have to do everything perfectly. And right now it's just you, I mean, because you're at the standard where everybody calls you about everything. So we always joke and say that it's just ask. J-A is just ask because we interpret everyone's AFIs. We tell people how to do their jobs. And it's like, if you're not carrying yourself to that standard, how can you then go and tell everyone else what kind of standards they should be maintaining? But she just didn't like it. Um, But when I got here, I realized that I was placed here for a reason, as with every base. And so I just kind of just tried. I could feel the mood in the office. It's just very interesting. And so I just kind of like went to my office and just kind of made it a more relaxing environment. There wasn't a superintendent there prior to me. She had retired. And so there was no overlap. But I just came in with my essential oils, my tea, (laughs) and I would just like play just kind of soothing music. And I just kind of made it an atmosphere just where I would just go in and like, hey, I met with everyone and like, when you come in here, this is a space for you to just relax. We don't have to talk about anything. You just come and sit just, but then I also just didn't get to know you. What do you like? What do you don't like? What is your family dynamics? What is your favorite candy? What are your hobbies? And things like that. Just trying to get to know everyone in the office. And I would take the time and just sit and talk with her. 
and before she left, she ended up getting out. But before she left, she was like, I really wish you were around before mm -hmm. I got here, before I made the decision to get out because I probably would have stayed in. And so that really meant a lot to me because sure. I only knew her for just maybe four months. And um, just sometimes things like it just means that like my work is not in vain and so what I'm doing is actually helping people whether I mean she still went on to do whatever she wanted to do um but it's just it was really nice to hear and to have her say that because even though she still left with the mindset like I hate being a paralegal and I totally sure. did some jobs are hard and so if there's not something you want to do then go do something else and be great at it but that was really nice yeah I was thinking of a time at my last job so I worked with a lot of cadets who were getting close to becoming officers. Right. We kind of had this little, without like giving too many details, but we had this little issue with some of our cadets had broken a rule and they were going to be getting in trouble. <laughs> um, and uh, our commander was really, like, felt really disrespected by the rule mm, that was broken sure. and was really coming at it from a place of like, from from their perspective of how it made them feel and um, their ego really like in, in the punishment. And they were really ready to like, I mean, kick these kids out. Like they were about to not be officers. Mm. It was, it was a, the punishment that was coming down was about to be really, really big. Oh, wow. And I just felt really uncomfortable about it. I was like, you know what? I think we're forgetting that these people are like 19 years old mm. and they're not even in the air force. They're trying to be and I don't think that we even have two legs to stand on if if you want it to go that route I don't think that that's even something that you can make happen so we were kind of able to sort of talk him off the ledge a little bit and you know he still delivered the punishment he the way he wanted to but we were able to kind of convince him to really actually put a rehabilitative plan in place because um, he was ready just to throw the book at them and close the door and send them on their way and I was like I don't think this is the right approach you know these these folks are about to go be officers and I don't want them to think this is the best way to handle mm. handle sure. discipline mm -hmm. and so I was able to kind of take them under my wing um I, I offered to do that I said you know what I, I I understand where you're coming from that you need to set the standard but I feel like we're not doing these these cadets justice in this learning environment if we just do that and then we don't follow up with them and so i kind of took them under my wing during their kind of probationary period they ended up on sort of like a like a control roster kind of a situation um it's a little bit different but same same situation same deal and so i was like let me let me look after them while they're doing that and um, I, I tried to not just give them extra things to do just because they were in trouble. I tried to have them do things that were really value added. Um, we were doing kind of like a book club on um, decision making. And I was like, you know, I think you guys should join me on this. And um, I had them doing some extra stuff with me, but I wasn't just like sending them off to go do tasks for me. I was doing them with them. And we were talking about, you know, what happened and how they felt about it, how they would have handled it, you know, really turned it into a learning and rehabilitative experience for them. And I just... I've, I've kind of always tried to, to do that with people because I think that, you know, punishment is supposed to be rehabilitative. Like we, mm -hmm. we say that all the time, but I feel like people are really good about saying that and not actually following up with the rehabilitative process and being involved in it and making sure that it, it matches, you know, that the, that the rehabilitative process actually matches where they messed up and that it's actually addressing that. And so I felt like for me, it just, at the time, it just felt like it was it was too mean. It was too harsh. But at the end of the day, I feel like it was just sort of a kindness thing. It was just I wanted to to kind of wrap my arms around these cadets and make sure that they were good and that, you know, that they didn't feel jaded before they ever even stepped foot in sure. the Air Force. And that when they were approached with a situation where someone 
kind of, you know, didn't follow their orders that they, they approach it in a way of like, okay, well, where's this person actually at in their life? Um, and approach it appropriately and not just based off of their ego and kind of try to like flip the script back around. But yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking of at those times. And I can also kind of remember times where people extended kindness to me, especially when I was an airman and I made mistakes and people remembered like, this is an airman and they're supposed to make mistakes. And so let me um, show them the right way instead of just like throwing the book at them, because I just don't think it helps. I, I, there are times when you need to do that, but I think the majority of the time you can get a lot further and you can really get the results you want out of people when you actually try to figure out like, where are they right now? Like, why is this behavior? you're happening and it does take more time and it, it does take you being kind and trying to figure out what's going on in their lives and really ask them about themselves and what they need in those moments and sometimes it's not what you think it is but you'll never know if you don't ask and you don't try True, to get right. to the bottom of it no that's awesome those are both really great examples you said something and now i have to remember where i was going with it but yeah you said you mentioned how everything takes time because if you look at some of these things on my list i'll try and move it over here this this microphone picks up everything, so it's going to hear this paper, so you guys will notice in that part most likely. But kindness and connectedness are two of them, and I think those do take time. So does accountability, mm -hmm. to hold someone accountable, because like you guys mentioned, you have to go back and check on them. Did this, rep or did this, what's the word you used? I, uh, not reprimand. Punishment? Because we, we can't punish many, oh, we can't yeah, punish you. Yeah, did this disciplinary... Action help this person. Sometimes people, all they need is an LOC, and they're like, oh, crap. I don't want to ever get paperwork again because I know what comes next. Some people need that old-fashioned in-your-face, just I'm going to yell at you for a minute. This is where you messed up. And they're like, I don't want that again either. So I'll, I'll behave. Or the biggest one I find is you take their time away because we can't give them money. We can't, we can't give them more time, but we can take time away from them when they when they have their, their issues. And usually them realizing, especially if you're on a 12 and I'm gonna make you stay an extra 15 minutes to help me take out the trash or whatever I'm gonna make you do, you're not on the line so I can make you stay a little bit longer, but you're gonna stay while everybody else leaves and you're gonna help me do this last bit so they can all leave on time because they showed up on time. But it all takes time and I think you have to, for lack of better words, there's this picture on my Facebook page, the CAA page, and it's Chief. We went to Whitworth on Last week, and again, time is irrelevant in these podcasts, but we got to go to Whitworth in December, and there's a picture of Chief. They said, go ahead and do whatever you guys want. He starts rock climbing, and he gets a good 10, 15 feet off the, the ground. And I, I commented on it. I was like, Chief leading from the, leading from the top. <laughs> but how important is that, that we show them that, yes, we will take the time to show you why this is how you messed up. And let me check in to make sure that you're still good. Do you understand why this was the, the disciplinary action we took, the corrective action? There we go, the corrective action we took in this situation. Had a young FTAC airman, and this is a great story. He was late. He was late two days in a row. And my big thing is you can't be late twice, especially two days in a row, for the same thing. <laughs> this poor airman hasn't learned to adapt. He's a swing mm -hmm. shift type mind. So for those of you that aren't sure what that is, it's basically when they work in the afternoons into the late hours of the night. So about 1,500 hours until 2,300 hours. So he's used to staying up later, going to bed later, waking up later. So he hadn't figured out how to make make it to FTAC for two days in a row, Thursday and Friday. He came in real upset with himself. How do we fix this? And we went over it. I wanted to make sure, one, 
it's that time of year. I want to make sure he's good. He's away from family. He is a young airman. But how do we fix this? So I said, how about this? All the airmen get to go home on time today because it's Friday. We're going to cut them out early. You will still be released by your eight-hour day, but you will take out the trash, and I'll have you back into the halls real quick. And he was happy. He was elated. That's all I got to do? Like, that's a fair. Do you feel like that's fair? He said, yes, that is more than fair. But what's really cool is at the end, two other airmen stayed behind to help him. So everybody else left, and these two airmen came back. They're like, where's airman so-and-so? Well, he's, I think he's doing the trash. He just did the halls. He's going to do the trash real quick. Oh, can we help him? Of course you can help him. So they went and they helped him take out the trash. And I got a picture on the mm-hmm. Facebook page, too, because I think it's really important. It was an MXS troop, an AMXS troop, and a comm squadron troop. Oh, so they nice. weren't even the same squadron. They had never met before this class. And then after, the one airman who was struggling with timeliness also was worried about his PT test. So the two airmen stayed behind and they were going to go do a mock PT test with them. So seeing that built from the ground up, I'm hoping that continues because that seeing their act of kindness was really awesome. One, to stick around and help. Two, even though it's getting pretty late in the evening, to stick around and do a PT test with them. That was really cool. That is cool. Uh, It's pretty awesome. You make some nice friends in FTAC. And so one of the things where you're talking about um, kindness and just the balance in, for me working in legal, we prosecute people all the time, but always for me, I always follow up with those airmen that are being punished, whether they're being convicted or they're acquitted, no matter what. It's sometimes out of lines, but I don't talk to them about the case at all, but I always just follow up and like, hey, you can bounce back from this. This is not the end all of your career. You can still make progressions. You can still go and be great, whatever it is that you want to do. Just take this and move forward with your life. And I always try to catch them before they leave and just plant that in them because if they don't have anybody else in their corner, at least they'll hear it from me. I mean, you'll you'll have your area defense counsel, you have the first sergeants, but sometimes you feel like maybe those are people who are obligated to do those things for you. So it's always nice to have somebody who is on the other side to just remind you that you're still a human and that you still have a life to live and this is not the end of your life. So it's always nice to step out and just remember remember and try to rehabilitate people because that's what it's about. It's funny you brought up FTAC because a few months ago there was an airman. I wish I could remember their name because what they said, like, I've never forgot it. But he said, people really don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I was like, dang, you are really spot on about that because I feel the same way. Even as, you know, there's a difference between like enthusiastically following somebody and doing what you're told. And I feel like the difference there is like, do they care about you? Have they taken the time to be kind to you, to offer you kindness in moments when they didn't have to? And it's that, yeah, like for me, that, that really is the difference when someone has shown that they really cared about me and they remember those things about me. That goes really far um, as opposed to just telling me like, yes, I believe you. I'm sure you're an expert in your field. I, I understand what you're saying, but like, am I going to enthusiastically do what you asked me to do? Maybe, maybe not. It just really depends on the level of like care that we have in our relationship. And I try to like, you know, turn around and 
I try not to be the supervisors that I've had or the people I've interacted with that have kind of like put a damper on my day. I try to look at that and be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. And like turn around and look at people and say like, okay, this is what made me feel less than awesome. And I will not, I will not, like, I'm going to break the cycle. I'm not going to turn around and do it to other people just because it's been done to me. I don't think you have to pay it forward like that. I think you can choose a a different path. And I've always kind of tried to do that. And like the thing I've always said to myself is, um, I don't think anybody should have to come to work and it's the worst thing they do that day. Mm -hmm. I think that you could not like the job and, you know, hate it and be looking to get out or crush on or do whatever, but you shouldn't hate that environment like everyone around you should be nice enough to you you spend the majority of your time at work it should not be a place you hate going um and then when that airman said that about you know people don't care what they what you know until they know that you care i was like dang that really just that's it that's it for me i mean that's what i try to do that's what i try to make a priority in my my work centers and in the relationships that i have and i just think it it works the best for me yeah. It doesn't work to try to do things differently than make you, than what feels right to you. You know, what are your values? Mm-hmm. And if you're trying to do something that's not your value, just because it works well for other people, it's it's not going to probably work well for you. Yeah. And it was really cool what she said at the beginning about how you tried to do something that was out of your mm-hmm. comfort zone, because that's how you were told you would be successful. But when you got older and you just had more time in the Air Force, you realized that might work for that person, but it's not going to work for me. And this is what I want to try and be or how I want to do things. I totally just forgot. Oh, it was in our ALA class. And I think we mentioned it in the ALA cadre podcast, but one of the two of the airmen or two of the NCOs came up with this quote. I call everybody airmen now, big A, but two of the NCOs, uh, Sergeant Dodge and Sergeant Aguilar basically said how supervision and leadership's always trying to tell us how we need to act and behave but and they give us their philosophies but in this class they had a chance to kind of just take a step back and realize what was important to them mm-hmm. and how they wanted to go about doing things and leading their people and i think it's so important one again this is my list and i've said it a couple of times but this is my list this is what i think is important to me and how I try and interact with people, but it's not gonna work for everybody. And you may agree with some of the things and you may say, those are weird words that you chose for some of them. Connectedness and accountability, because a lot of people are like, what about transparency? Mm -hmm. If you have some of these, you're gonna have those qualities as well. Trust, I think if you're accountable and you hold others accountable and you hold yourself accountable, they're going to see that and they're going to, it's going to instill trust. So there's different words we can use. And, you know, Colonel Bentley and Chief Guzman have AMC. AMXS has the acronym FMC. So we all try and make it something where people can remember it. And then until you connect with them, it does, it's not going to mean anything. So that's what I think is so cool. Um, I really like some of those stories you guys shared. And I, Again, yeah, it's just who I am and who you guys are, and that's why I chose you. Some some of us, I don't know, it was hard sometimes, too. It's so easy to just kind of not put mm-hmm. up a to what an extent put up a wall mm-hmm. and get the job done, but you can interact, especially if you're about to go to AMXS. <laughs> so you're going to be in that work environment with the airmen and your NCOs in a much closer capacity unless they put you in a office by yourself. I saw Sergeant McCarricker, she moved around a couple of different times, so I don't know what the actual physical work dynamic will be there, but getting out of the office and going and checking on them. I don't know. I know you have your own office too. I don't know how close the other paralegals work with you. If they're right outside the door or they have their own little offices too, but taking the time, 
going to the office. Sergeant Klein said during his his podcast how he'll go around and walk around the base. And I know some of us have a much easier time than others. Or not the base, I walk around the base. He walks around his comm squadron, though, and he'll go check in with his people. Because, again, just one... Honestly, we like getting out of our seats, I think, right? It's, <laughs> right. We don't always want to be behind a computer. So that's a little bit of a benefit for us personally. But going and seeing our airmen in their work environments also shows just that initial act of, oh, they could just be sitting there all day. But instead, they came and talked to us. Mm-hmm. Even if we don't want to talk to them, hardest people to get to talk to you are security forces, by the way. They just don't like talking to leadership, I've learned. <laughs> I was even forewarned. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I sometimes do. <laughs> I went out there one one night on swing shift, and the nice staff sergeant was taking me around. And since they had seen me, I had already done it once with the tech sergeant. Tech sergeant's like, they ain't going to talk to you, so don't be offended. They just, unless they have something to say or they trust you, they're not going to talk to you. Fair enough. I am this random massive sergeant just walking around the base with one of their flight chiefs for the night. So, of course, they probably don't want to talk to me. Why is my boss here? And why is a master sergeant with them? So we didn't get too much interaction that first time. But when we went out in November, yeah, right after Thanksgiving, they actually talked to me. Like, oh, you came out here last time. I was like, yeah, you were not here. You were working the gate, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So just taking the time to kind of remember them. I always feel bad because in this job I've learned why Sergeant Barrett struggled. I'd be like, hey, Sergeant Barrett, do you remember so-and-so when he talked about this issue? He's like, not at all. Like, oh, you don't remember him? No, you'll you'll understand once you've been in the seat. And it takes a lot of work, and usually I don't remember the person right away if it's just a name. But as soon as they tell me their case, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do remember that. How did that go? And sometimes I'll still get it wrong. Be like, we were trying to retrain, right? Like, no, actually, I was trying to get an assignment. Oh, and they'll tell me a little bit more, and then eventually it clicks. And I always feel bad that it even takes me that little bit. But there's 3,500 young enlisted on this base, so I have to keep that in mind, too. And my brain just is not as good as it used to be. When I was younger, I don't know how your guys' mm-hmm. memories are doing. I used to have a really sharp one, and it's slowly getting mushy. But I think it's so important that we just take the time because, again, that's how they come back to us. And they say, oh, you know what, Sergeant Egloff, I, I have something I want to talk to you about. Can we talk about it, Sergeant Johnson? I remember, you know, ALA, I think a third of the class had Article 15s. And that was part of the Cool Kids Club. I, I've said it in another one. I don't have an Article 15. I've got my rights read to me, but that is the only thing that's ever happened negatively. I don't even have an LOC, but we can still connect and we can still take care of each other, even if we can't relate sometimes. It's finding how we connect and maybe we get off of the, I remember when you were in trouble, just, hey, you told me about this once upon a time too. How's that, that new car you got? Or how was... How is that dog that you own? Like, or that sounds really, really rigid. But you guys know, like, hey, how's yeah. how's um, Sergeant Clay was just in here talking about Zoe and and Titan, her two dogs. So I remember their names. Mm-hmm. So I, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work, and I think that's why I originally started talking is how much time it takes to kind of make those connections. But it really does make a difference. I think um, it's really nice that you do that because even on the receiving end, like I can, I 
it really does impact the way I feel about somebody if they remember things about me. Um, especially if I told them I'm like about to go do something and it's big or something's coming up and they like don't remember, you know, the next time I see them, I'm like, right, I see that. I see that. And I, I kind of try to make a mental note. I, my memory is not sharp at all. Like I do not remember anything if I didn't write it down and if I'm not looking at it again, I don't remember. Um, but I've gotten better over the years of if somebody tells me something, like I am writing it down and I'm also writing myself a reminder to ask them about it again um, in my planner like a few days later or if they say they're doing something over the weekend, like I'm going to actually probably write it down for Monday to like ask them about it because I won't remember. But I know it's important to remember and ask because I remember what it feels like to be on the other end and having shared something, you know, it might feel really small. Uh, they might not make a big deal out of it, but if they're sharing something with you, they're sure. sharing it for a reason. Yeah. And if you you, you know just totally forget about it it's like you kind of failed the test of like they're trying to connect with you and you didn't reciprocate and so right. I think it says a lot when, when people don't remember yeah. um, but I'm bad at remembering so it's it's like a one end you got you want to give people the grace of being like they probably just forgot and I forget stuff all the time but it's still it just feels nice. so yeah. nice it feels so nice when people <laughs> remember the little things especially if you're not a person like if you're a more humble person and you mention things like very casually and very mm-hmm. lightly even though it might mm-hmm. be a big deal to you yeah it, it means a lot when people remember and they follow up with you about stuff for sure i'll give two shout outs one to sergeant Kreider, who okay. was my first yeah. sergeant Every year, he comes around to the legal office and recognizes us for Paralegal Appreciation Day. Nice. When we're like, that's a thing? (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you don't even realize that it's a day. But he actually came out and gave us cards and just stopped by the office um, because we do so much work behind the scenes that you don't even, you just forget that people actually see what you're doing in your work and so he actually remembers that day the second shout out is to colonel bentley he really really cares about people so i know it's kind of more on the connectedness side but he's also a kind person Um, but just knowing him and being able to work with him and for him is just when i was out sick for 10 days (laughs) and i came back and he's just like how are you feeling are you doing better are you okay and just sometimes you know there's people who walk around who know that you've been gone and won't ask you but he genuinely asked and i was like look to his wife like let him know like i really care like i really appreciated that and so it was like sometimes people forget that you know just the small things and getting to know you and your family it really matters and so connecting this like you say like it goes hand in hand with being kind to people a lot of your philosophies go hand in hand and you can overarch them but it, it i think this space in my experience the leadership team has done a really good job especially caring for their people and recognizing that we have a lot of issues. Um, we're dealing with being segregated, not segregated, but isolated here. Sure. A lot of our activities are closed down. There's not a lot of things for people to do, so they think, but our leadership team has done an amazing job trying to get people out and create activities and push things for, for us to do. And it's because they care about the people. Very and, true. To get the mission done. I'll actually share my first um, my first interactions that really kind of stuck with both of you. So I remember I remember seeing you in Superintendent 101, Sergeant Johnson, and you know, I wasn't really involved with that class. That was Senior Godbolt's thing. For that class, we kind of just give them 
the curriculum, say find the people, I'll find the other mm -hmm. half of the agencies because I work with them all the time. But senior, this is all yours. You were in the class. And then I think you volunteered for a couple of things. And I was at your guys' commander's call for WSA. And as I was leaving after I gave my really quick, oh yeah, you pro both were probably there, but I gave my, <laughs> my quick little speech on just career advisor who I am. I was one of the first time, I think it's still the only commander's call I've gone to. I've tried to get around to the base after that because I know no one really wants to listen to anybody else talking to commander's <laughs> call or at roll call. I got to find other avenues. But I went to that and um, you stopped me on the way out and you're like, hey, I'll still be at a at probably Supervisor 2.0, and it didn't even click at first uh, what you were talking about. I was like, what's going on? Because I was trying to leave because I no, just yeah, wanted, w I wanted Mr. Carney to be able to do his spiel so you guys could, because I saw a bunch of awards, so I knew it was probably going to be a little bit of a long commander's call. And then it clicked after, and I was like, oh, that's Sergeant Johnson. Sergeant Johnson's been the one who came to she. For those of you that didn't know or haven't been to a class, she has backfilled a lot of my bullet writing, my pro-military writing classes. Everyone usually very much enjoys what you have to share, and if nothing else, they love that Excel document. I get I that. Think it, I mean, you know. <laughs> that one is probably one of the best ones I've still seen. And the fact that when we're like, oh, who, who can we get to teach because we had someone drop out? I don't like to bug you, but I know half the time you're able to. And the fact that you're willing to work your schedule and be like, yeah, I can... I could be gone for two hours, not a big deal. It's like, two hours is a really long time. <laughs> but okay, if, if you want to. Sometimes, now I have Sergeant Sweat who helps out with a lot of those too, so I'll rotate between the two of you. Nice. But you guys are my go-tos for that. And it just was really nice to know that there was one time I think it was a two-day notice. I said, Sergeant Johnson, do you think you can teach this bullet writing class? Someone fell out. Absolutely. Can you make sure my documents are uploaded? Of course, that is the easiest part. <laughs> Just make sure you get them to me at least 10 minutes before you show up, and I'll make mm -hmm. sure they're down there. You get as much time as you need to work on those. And then Sergeant Egloff, I remember... I got nervous for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it still cracks me up, and it kind of goes along writing things down. But I think one of our big interactions was at one of the cat meetings or in between that and the DWIG when we got on this long, wild tangent on how people need to address an email. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I think in my job, you know, Sergeant Barrett and Sergeant Haas were both men before me. So sometimes I still get a sir in an email. It's like, man, if you just read it, yeah. you forgot one letter, Erica. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> when they do it more than once, it drives me crazy. But how to address an email, right? How important is it to just put sir, ma'am, good morning, good afternoon. It doesn't even matter. Good something because... When you read the email, it could be way later than when I sent yes. it out. But how hard is it just to put something there ahead of the email and then say what you got to say? We learned that some people like very short emails and then some people like to make sure that they get all their stuff out because we had a topic on that on keep it short and sweet. And then, you know what, I'm going to say everything I need to see and then it's your fault if you don't read the email. Two, two very different ideals on that, which I can appreciate both because sometimes I will just ramble. I don't know if you guys have gotten emails from me where I just kind of keep talking about things and then, oh yeah, by the way, how's so-and-so? And then, okay. And very respectfully. <laughs> but And then the airmen, they don't have the signature blocks sometimes. And you know what? Baby A1Cs, three speeds, I get it. But someone needs to show you mm -hmm. how to. Or at least, if you don't know how to, at least sign your name at the bottom of an email. I think we talked about that for the whole break, 15, 20 minutes. And Miss Altmeyer got involved too. We were all just going at it like, how hard is it? But then we remember that 
They're probably not teaching it in school. Somebody's got to teach it. When I when I was very young, that's when emails and internet was happening. So we had to learn from the get go. This is how you do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you know, it used to be letterheads and snail mail. So we we were taught these things because it wasn't. It was a whole new internet. Whoa, that was that was huge. And now the younger generations. This isn't a text. No, it's an email. Right. So you have to put a little bit more into right. it. You can't just be like, hey, dude, what's up? Right. Unless I know you and we've talked a couple of times, then I'll probably drop my sir, ma'am, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. But before that, I'm going to give you the respect of some sort of header, and I'll still usually have some sort. You guys can just do those signature blocks so they automatically populate in every email. <laughs> it saves you a lot of time for those of you out there listening that aren't sure about um, what's it called? Outlook Explorer, or not Outlook Explorer, just Outlook. Well, that's what I remember our first conversation. I think you're getting ready for your PT test too, and you're doing a lot of okay. stretching back then. I was, yeah. You're doing yeah. a lot of stretching. Yeah, you were going through, like doing a lot of I yoga or something, weren't you? I, I think I like kind of fell off the wagon though. Like I completely forgot about it until you just mentioned <laughs> that. I guess I'm not, I'm not on track. I was just thinking about emails on the way over here too. Um, <laughs> not not about that, but about uh, about like how I write them uh, because I have actually been like accused of like not being super professional emails before because I like to put a lot of exclamation marks. Um, if we're like a couple emails deep, I'll put a smiley face on oh, there. Sure. I'm like, I, I'd rather someone accuse me of not being professional than accuse me of coming across like really harsh or like yeah. being rude in an email. And I'm like, it's so hard to get your tone across that I would rather yes. err on the side of caution and use too many exclamation points and like throw like a smiley face in there somewhere just so that someone is clear. Like I'm being nice. I'm coming at you in a really kind way. I need this from you, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not mad yeah. and I'm, I'm, I work good. We're cool. Um, I'd rather someone accuse me of that than someone be like, you're really rude in emails right. because I've been accused of sending rude emails before. And I'm like, you know, I didn't like the way that felt. So I would rather just, put a lot of exclamation points and if people don't like that okay the worst you can say is that I'm too friendly in emails like I can live with that <laughs> I agree it's so hard to not come off a certain way sometimes especially when you're kind of not scolding but you know when someone's apologizing you're like I'm not really mad but you know it can't happen again or yeah. this or that or I uh, have one airman who has missed three F-tacks. This is his final time. And so in the email to everybody, you know, I was like, this is third time. This is last chance. And this is why. This is why he's missed X, Y, Z. I get X and Y, but Z was not. I, I didn't check my email. It's not a good reason to not show up to class on time. So this is it. After this, I don't need him an F-tack. I already have my letter. And uh, after that, I sent the originator an email to was like, I'm not mad at you. I hope that didn't come off angry, right. but I just had to make sure that the airman, since he's CC'd, understands what's going on and that this is his last his last straw. And uh, the individual called me up after. He's like, just laughing. So remember when we used to have to create all the Bay Orderly schedules and this and that? It's like, oh my gosh, Vega, what a weird thing to start talking <laughs> about. And I always call him the happy Buddha because he's got a bald head. He is Asian, Aww. but we'll just talk. I think he's Asian. Maybe he's Filipino. <laughs> Because Vega is a very Filip- 
is a Hispanic last name, and a lot of Filipinos have Hispanic last names, just to give you guys a little bit of world culture, I guess, too. <laughs> but maybe he's Filipino, but we would just go back and forth, and we'd always, and he's always just so happy. Vega is the most happiest person I've ever met, and I don't even know, I think it's just nerves sometimes. Vega, why are you laughing? This is serious. Stop. I got us in more trouble, Vega. But he would just always be laughing, and I, such a great guy. If you guys haven't met him, you might get to meet him before he retires. He'll be somewhere on in one of the AMUs, and then you probably dealt with Vega, because I'm sure some of our our airmen that just need a little bit of help being guided in certain things, you've probably dealt with Sergeant Vega in email traffic, if not in person. <laughs> but I'd like to know some of your guys' leadership philosophies and traits, if you guys would care to share what you guys value outside of, and it can be some of the other ones, but outside of the realm of kindness, if you will. Right. Uh, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I really should have thought about that because I knew you were going to ask that question. You said you were going to. Yes. Um, well, I kind of already said, like, my number one is really, like, I don't think people should have to not, like, come to work. That's, sure. I kind of center of sort of everything around that and then uh, also respecting that like my values are different than someone else's values and that that's okay uh, we're not always going to see eye to eye um, so so that's all right um, but knowing what other people's values are is really critical to like knowing how to approach them and um, how to like how to get what you need out of somebody um, if you don't take the time to know what's important to them you you might be approaching it from like the wrong angle. Sure. Um, and transparency and humility are really important to me. I think they're almost the same thing for me. I think it's really, really powerful when you make a mistake and you say like, yeah, I made, I made a mistake there. I messed that up um, and not make it a big thing because everybody makes mistakes. And I think sometimes it can be really hard, especially um, like in my line of work. And it can be really hard to always be that youngest person in the room who really doesn't have a lot of knowledge or maybe has the least knowledge in the room um, and have to try to like enforce things and force suspenses and get information out of people and you're gonna mess up and you have to be okay with messing up and knowing how to say I messed up, I'm gonna correct it and this is how. And I think the only way you learn how to do that is by seeing other people do it. Um, and so I'm pretty quick to say I messed up about stuff um, and take responsibility for things um, because I think at the end of the day, you just have to model the behavior that you that you really need out of people. It's one thing to say it's important to do that and another thing to actually do it and for them to see you do it while saying this is important and I need you to be doing that. Yeah, I think that's really what it comes down to me, though, like kindness and letting people know that they're cared about and being transparent with people. I think something that bugs me a lot is treating airmen like they're kids. I was not a very young airman. I came in at 22. And um, some people, not a lot of people, uh, but I definitely remember being treated like I was, you know, like a child and like people with withhold information. And nothing made me feel like more valued and more respected than when people would just tell me, tell me straight, like what's going on in this situation. Like there's really no reason you can't tell me what's going on here and tell me why this thing is happening. I just want to know um, so that I can make better decisions going forward. And uh, when people are just kind of like mysterious for the sake of being mysterious, I just don't get it. I think people can handle the information and you should give people the information so that they can grow and do the best that they can. But if you don't give them the whole story, they, they might make assumptions that are incorrect. So it's best to give people as much information as you can. So transparency is super, super important to me. I will tell someone as much as I can tell them without I'll like walk right up to the line of like, I cannot tell you the rest of the story, but I'll tell you everything leading up to how we got here um, and what we need to do now. 
which I think is like how the Air Force is transitioning, right? So we're being more open, especially because the new generation needs that. They they're yeah, they not gonna to be empowered. Be yeah. just shut up in color and do as I say, not like. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Like we did that back in the day, and we somehow managed to get, get by with life without asking any questions. Because if you ask questions, then you're challenging them, and you're just not being respectful. But now it's why, and so explaining why, and people need to hear. I was like you. I was 24 when I came in, okay. and everybody was like, "Oh, you're so mature," and I was like, "I'm 24. I'm not 18." <laughs> I was like, "I am an A1C, but I'm not 18." So it was like, it was it was kind of that for me too. Um, but part of I will tell you my favorite poem to live by is believe in yourself and what you can do have faith in yourself make you the best you be proud of yourself aim high and achieve make all of your dreams a reality and i say that because i think part of it is believing in yourself and i've struggled with that a lot um with me personally just believing in myself especially when there are people around you who don't believe in you or don't believe that you can accomplish certain things or even if your environment is not supportive of you attaining certain things. And just remembering that and just trying to have that poem in the back of my head pushes me and it's always, you believe in yourself no matter what anybody else tells you. If you believe in yourself, then you can push yourself further than you can ever imagine that you could go whether you have the support of someone else or not internally you can achieve um great things and so that's part of what i like to live by and i always want people to remember especially in this climate now with social media and just all of the bullying all the hatred out there you get so we get so wrapped up in other people's opinions that we don't we forget about ourselves and what do we actually care about? It's like you talked about the NCOs who actually got to sit back and internalize what are my leadership qualities? What do I value? Let me tell you what I value as opposed to you trying to push your things on to me. But also um, connectedness is huge. And also just like you said, Nicole, just remembering that people are people. Um, because when it all boils down to it, everybody has a story. We always have to check in with them no matter where they are, but it's a person behind whatever it is that we're asking you to do. There's always a person there. And so if you know anything about the person, then you can kind of understand why did you get this article 15 at this time? What was going on in your life? And I think our first sergeants here do a good job of asking those questions and trying to talk through those processes and advising the commanders on how to make those decisions because we are people at the end of the day in order to get the mission done you need the people to get it done but you have to realize that they are people yeah Sergeant sellers from ala actually mentioned something during the shirt panel there was a couple of them sitting up there and they were giving feedback back and forth and she said it was really just heartwarming to see this Airman was in a lot of trouble. He was in investigations for a good, like, 12 hours. Certain seller seems like the nicest person in the world, but I can see how her questioning, and I'm sure she could really get in on those airmen when she needs to. But she said after the first shirt came and got their airman, and he could tell that the airman was just going through it, really upset, and he just gave him a hug, and they just sat there for a minute, and he said, it's going to be okay. So I think just sometimes, even in the moment, those little acts make a huge difference mm -hmm. so i really appreciate you guys taking the time to come hang out with me because i think yeah 
we're close to an hour, so I don't want to take up too much more of your guys' time. But I hope that for those of you out there listening, you understand, like, it's okay. I mean, we have a time and a place for everything, but there's nothing saying that you can't act with a little bit of kindness and genuineness in your step. And I think we'll leave it at that for my listeners. Have a spectacular day. And for Nicole's husband, John, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't forget the creamer. another episode you guys want to be on the podcast or know someone who might want to or possibly have an idea for a podcast please have them reach out they can hit me up at 92 foxtrot sierra sierra dot foxtrot sierra delta papa dot fairchild charlie alpha alpha at us.af.mil and until next time you guys have a spectacular day